Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Amen. Well, you can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? All right, good. Don't drink any water. Okay. Um, I had to put mine down. I'm like, oh man, I'm here all morning, so uh, that's good. Hey, I have a treat for you, one of my favorite movie clips um, to end our faith series. We come to the finish line of our spring faith series, and it's from, I don't know if you remember this Christian movie called Facing the Giants. Who remembers that? That movie was uh, before Fireproof and Courageous and War Room, the same people that made those. This was geared towards the youth, and it's a high school football team. And uh, I I wanted to show this to you. You probably might remember it if you've seen it, but uh, because sometimes we think about the life of faith is sort of in a passive way, and um, it's not that at all, right? And and the Hebrews writer really wants to bring it out as we kind of close uh, this series of what it actually looks like. And so this is much more what the course that we're running when it comes to faith in our lives really looks like. Let's uh, watch that together. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. (laughs) (laughs) What, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. (laughs) 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Am I the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. <laughs> 
quit on me. You're very bad. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. Burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I weigh 160. Who's tired after just watching that? Oh my goodness, right? Well, um, and I know it's kind of drawn out, and after a while you're like, I'm gonna just, just get there already, right? But that's the point, and that is the life of faith. It's not some passive, well, God's got this, and I'm just going to sit around. It actually is. God does have it. Our faith is in him, but the idea that the Hebrews writer is trying to get across is you can do this by faith. Let's pray as we come to his word. Lord, thank you for that image today, and I pray that it would um, be just embedded in our minds and hearts as we realize that there are times, God, where we want to give up, where we want to stop, where we want to sit on the sidelines, but you've called us to run, to run that race of faith, by faith, looking to you. So I pray you would do the work that only you can do through your Holy Spirit today, and that your word would come to bear wherever you want it to in our lives. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we, as I mentioned, we're, we're um, finishing out this series. Uh, we'll start Colossians. Um, I wasn't actually closed in a jail cell at any point, I want to promise you. Can you imagine me in a jail cell? That's why I don't commit crimes. Not because I don't want to sometimes, but because if I get caught, that's it for me, right? So I'll be... That won't be good. It's like a lion in a zoo if I end up in a, in a jail cell. So, uh, but we're, so if you want to um, open your Bibles or Pew Bible, or we'll certainly have it on the screen, we're looking at the very end of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. And we're going to leak. We began the series in chapter 10, and we're going to just leak into chapter 12 as we kind of apply all of this. And so we've been through this faith hall of fame where the, the writer's trying to encourage a church in the first century, right? These, and so he's using Old Testament right up through from creation, like all the way through even to the intertestament period last year. That there's, there's a, um, a, all of these people, right? All these people, they serve as examples by faith, by faith. And, um, he, and, and so then he, he, he brings it home, kind of culminates it here with these last two verses. It says, and all these, meaning all these he's just talked about, though commended through their faith, they were amazingly faith, even with their flaws, men and women of faith, they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, church, like, like as much as they're faithful, right, as much as they're great examples of, of this course of faith, and they kept going by faith, and that's awesome, but you know what? They never actually obtained the promise. They had some promises, sure, but the promise that they all looked forward to was that the promises would be, would be found, and God would, would eternally save, restore, renew, and they didn't see all that. Why? Because that promise came in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, if they lived lives of faith, imagine now we have Christ. We have the Spirit of Christ within us. Now imagine what we can do. And so he's like, forget about how awesome they are. They are awesome, but we can do even greater things. And, and that's when he, he goes into chapter 12, because he says, therefore, and we always got to know, what is the therefore? Therefore, right? It connects things. Because that's true, therefore, this. Right? The, if you're at a summer pool party this summer and hanging around, someone says, ooh, that little kid just pooped in the pool. Therefore, I'm not going in it, right? Makes sense. I know. I don't know why of all the illustrations that one came to mind, but it did, okay? And, you know, but I want to, it, it can mean anything. But like, I, I, so because this faith hall of fame, because we've obtained the promise of Christ, therefore, and he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so all of those people that have come before, and many others, he describes them like a cloud. And, and what he means by that is it's just a, a, a ton of people. Where you just see there's hordes of people. And here's going to be the picture. A lot of you are familiar with, with uh, this uh, verse. It's a very famous little passage here, right? And, and, and so he's going to compare it to a race. Not like a sprint, though, like a marathon. Something that you have to endure. A long race. And the picture is this. You're coming to the finish line of the race. And, and, and you're, you're exhausted and you're weary. And then you see this cloud of witnesses. And think about finish line of like a marathon. And obviously the finish line of the Boston Marathon a few years ago brought a lot of other images to our mind. There's a reason why the terrorists set off the bombs where they did. That's where the most people are. 
right? So some of you have been there, right? Maybe you've had someone run in the marathon or, uh, or you know, and how many here have ever run in a marathon? Raise your hand. A couple of you. Wow. You guys are crazy, all right? I, I get my three miles and I'm like, wow, that's a lot, you know? Uh, that's your warm-up, not even, right? And, and yet, you, you can probably imagine in any uh, marathon runners or, that I've talked to or articles that I've read, you get just that weary point where you just want to be done and you get, and then you start to see the swell of people and you see they're cheering you on. Come on, you can do it. Keep going, keep going. You got this, right? And suddenly you find the energy, now, this is an even better picture than that because if you're running a marathon, you know, half, half or more of the crowd are like me. I just came out of a burger joint, and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, you got this, right? And you're like, yeah, what do you know, right? You're, you appreciate the encouragement, but come on, man. But this is a picture of all people who have actually run the race before you, and they've finished it. And so not only are they cheering you on, not only are they witnesses to your race, but they've done it. They've been there. They know what you're going through. They know how tired you are. They know how difficult it can be. And they're saying, you can do it. By faith, you got this. By faith, you got this. Right? So you have this cloud of witnesses. And um, picture that finish line. And he says, let, also, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. This is the course is hard enough. Let's not make it harder on ourselves. And so the, these two uh, words, weight and sin, are closely connected. But that word weight is an interesting thing. They loved, the Greeks loved their sports, just like our culture does. And, and they would train a lot like our athletes do. And one of the things that they would do is they would wear something extra weight when they were training. right? And, and some will do that today. In fact, there's a guy in uh, my neighborhood like I, I always, like I said, you know, I'm getting back from my, you know, two to three mile run thinking, oh, pretty, pretty special, you know. And then I see this guy, he's got a weighted vest on, and he's literally charging up Hill Street in Northbridge. And I'm like, come on, man, making us look terrible. One of these days, I'm going to bring, this is a Heather's weighted blanket. I'm going to get out of my truck, I'm going to put it on, I'm going to run past, I'm going to be like, on your right, you know, and say like, you got nothing. And he'll probably call the police, right? <laughs> what is this crazy homeless person doing with a weighted blanket? Any of you have these? You, you swear by these? My wife, man, I, I, I don't know if this is going to be surprising to you, but um, I like to move when I'm sleeping, so I don't like to feel like I'm dead. Uh, Steve told me the other day I'm going to move when I'm dead, so I don't know. He has to keep the camera on me, so that's probably why. But, so, but I want you to think like this. So they did that, and that made sense to strengthen your legs or, you know, that tension creates strength while you're training. But now you get to the brace, you'd be a fool to wear the weighted blanket, right? You'd be like, well, why would you do that? In fact, if you look at, at marathon runners, they, they would run naked if it was appropriate, right? They try to take everything off I can because why would I make this harder than it already is? And so you have, and we'll get, we'll, because he's talking about our Christian life, and we'll apply it in a few minutes, but, but it, the image is that. Like, take that off and run focused. And the sin which uh, uh, in, entangles, or that, this translation in the ESV is clings, is, is not a word you see a lot in, in English we do, but the Greek word used there is not, you don't see it anywhere else in the Bible. So there's a lot of question of what it means. And what I think the best way to, to, to understand it is it's a huge obstacle, right? And so you're trying to run, you, you got weighted down, you take the weights off, and then sin in our lives is like this, and it's like trying to run, and it clings, and pretty soon you go crashing to the ground. 
That's what happens in a course like this that we're talking about. The faithful course to do it God's way. The sin in our lives does that to us and, 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 and keeps us from running the race God's meant us to run. So he says, right, therefore, these cloud of witnesses, lay aside the, the weight and the sin and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And, and I want you to notice, first of all, throughout this, you see plural. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What's he mean by that? He's saying we're all running this together. Now, usually if you're in a race, you're competing with the other runners. You know, you might encourage each other, but you're kind of trying to beat them, right, to the finish line. That's the point. Not this race. This race, you compete against the, the, <clears throat> the course, but we compete together. We're a team. And so that's why you don't have to worry about beating me or me beating you or getting ahead of you. Instead, we're running this together, he says. And so when you're falling down, I pick you up. When I'm falling down, you pick me up. When, when I need encouragement, right, when, when I got a weight on me that's causing me to be hindered, you could say, come on, Jamie, get that weight off. All right, get, get that thing off, off your back. Let me help you because it's hindering your race. That's what he means. We let us run with endurance. That's how we know it's not a sprint. You know, the, the, the sprints are all about the start and the finish and speed. But marathons or long distance, it's endurance. If you ever run long distance, I've talked to, to some who have, they talk about this like you can get off to a good start, right? Because you've been training and then you, you hit kind of a, a wall a little bit and then you break through that and they call it the runner's high. Kind of a weird term, right? But it's, it's all of a sudden, it's like you could go on for hours and hours. Now, keep in mind, don't try this at home. You've got to actually train for this, right? You can't, you know, swallow two double whoppers and then go out and do this, okay? You've you got to train. But you, you bust through that, and you're, you're now running, and then all of a sudden you'll hit, like, the, the hill or some tough part in the course, and, man, the runner's high is gone. And now, again, I've got to endure. I've got to endure. I got to endure. And that's the picture he's trying to get us to understand. It's a long journey. It's a long marathon, this life of faith. And so we have to be ready to endure it together, together. And so he says, how do we do that? Last verse, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. That word looking is a specific word in the original language that he wrote, which was Greek. Um, and, it, and it specifically means to look from something and fix your eyes on something else. To look and to not have like looking around, like I'm looking at you and looking at you, looking at you, right? No, it's, it's to fix, take my eyes from that, whichever I was looking at. And in this way, when, when the clip that we showed with Brock, this is sort of like when he, the coach blindfolded him. Why did he do that? Because he was looking at all the excuses and he was looking at the, the minimum effort that he could put in. And he didn't want him to do that. I don't want you to look at any of that. For us, it's even better. We're not blindfolded. We're fixed on Jesus. We're fixed on Jesus. And he says, why do we look to Jesus? He says, because he's the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So it's not just a picture of like the nice, you know, Jesus, you know, that we see in pictures, you know, white and flowy hair and feathered back and all of that, you know, 70s Jesus, I call him, you know. And that's, that's not, it's the Jesus in glory, the right hand of the throne of God. 
And, and that's what we fix on. Why? Because two reasons. He's the author, he's the founder, and he's the perfecter of our faith. And so, two reasons. One, he's already run this race perfectly. He's a perfect trailblazer. He's like, he's like you, you, you feeling lonely? I know, I know, I've been left alone. You feeling rejected? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. Oh, you've, you've been hurt, you've been insulted, you've, you, right? Oh yeah, I know, I know what that means, keep going. You got this by faith, keep going. Look at me, look at me, don't look, look at me, keep going. Feeling uh, that, that, that you can't go another step? Yeah, I know, I felt that. Tempted, tempted at all points, right? He was fully God, but he's fully human, and he ran it perfectly. He never failed, he never sinned, he never blew it, but he understands every step of that race that you and I are running together. He gets it. Look to him. Follow him. But the second and most important reason is that he is the founder of our faith. That means you and I could never even run this race if he didn't die for us. He died in your place, shed his blood to atone for your sin, took every drop of God's wrath for your sin and shame, and all. he took it on that cross. He conquered it through his resurrection. Right? So now, you, when you trusted in Jesus Christ, you're given a new life. You're given the spirit of Christ. You can run. So that's something we have to understand. You can't, if you're here and you're, you're not a Christian, like you just, you, maybe you were dragged here or maybe you're just like, I'm trying to figure things out and you've never trusted, fully just said, Jesus, save me, be my Savior, be my Lord. You need to understand this race isn't even, you can't even get on the course until you trust in Christ. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna run your way to God. That's not what this is. This is, I am saved in Christ, and now I'm running to the finish line, and I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So you look to Jesus, because that's why you can even run. That you, you can kill that sin. You can remove that weight. You can endure, why? Because of Jesus. And so that's why the Hebrews writer reminds us, look to Jesus. So if you've never done that, you're, this morning you're invited in. It says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You're invited into a relationship with God right now. Well, Jamie, you don't know what I did. No, I don't, but God does. And Jesus paid for everything on that cross. He took your place. When will we just be, realize that God in his magnificent grace, mercy, and love is inviting us to relationship for eternity. You just need to say, Jesus, I'm done with my way. Save me. And now you begin to run. And now you're, you're, you're in the race. And for those of us that are already in, it's endurance. And so we learn a few things. So again, when we, when we look at, at, at these points that, that I think the, the text brings out to us, you have to remember, I'm, I'm talking to those who are already Christians. I'm, I'm glad if you're not, but you, you, you can't remove that weight until you give your life to Christ. So mull that over as we're, you know, I still want you to pay attention, but, but mull that over. Like this isn't something you do and then become a Christian. You're already a Christian and now what? That this life is a marathon, not a sprint. You ever heard that expression? My dad used to use it all the time. He's a huge Red Sox fan. And, and when I was a kid, it felt like the Red Sox would win like two games in April, like every year it felt like, you know. And I'd be like, ah, oh, the season's over. And my dad was always saying, Jamie, it's a marathon, not a sprint. They play 100. And I'm like, well, they better get in the race because they're in the last place, right? He would say that to me every year, it felt like. And, 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 and it's true that, like, you can get off to a fast start, but, man, you've got to endure those places on the road. 
And so what does this mean? If you're a newer believer, and right now you're excited, if the church is open, whether they have bathrooms or not, I'm going to be there, you know? Or, you know, you're, you, you want to plug in, you want to do like every ministry, that's awesome, you're off to a, a great start. I just love you enough to just warn you, it will come. Those times of, ugh, of weariness and frustration and man God's not answering that prayer and that ministry didn't work out and why did that person who's supposed to be a Christian stab me in the back and how did the church let me down in that way and whatever it is I'm just burnt out I'm tired and and you'll get there you need to keep going look to Jesus endure that's why when things are going well keep in the word keep with other believers who will encourage you when things don't go well it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's an endurance. Some of you are maybe there right now. You're feeling weary, feeling like, ugh, I've been looking at everything but Jesus because I'm tired. This is to encourage us. Keep going. I've been there. I've been there. I, I know that the, 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 the Bible absolutely talks about this concept of resting in God. It's called sabbatical, the Sabbath sabbatical or, you know, taking a rest in his grace. I, I did that a, a number of summers ago. I took a, a sabbatical, and it was all f- to rest in God's grace. And I did that. It was amazing. But that, you don't do that if a few months, few weeks, few months is turning into a few years. That's not Sabbathing. That's l- spiritual laziness. That's what it turns into. It's like, wow, I just need a rest. How long, how long are you going to rest for? And you picture the coach like, get back in the game, man. Wow, I need a rest. Like, you've, been on the, you've been on the bench for, for two seasons now. Like, get out there. And, and so we have to be careful that, that there is a time for resting in God, in his word, in his promises, and enjoying that. But it's all so you can refuel and go and plug back in. It's a marathon. And you need, and we need to endure. And that's why we do it together. That's why you're not meant to be by yourself. Because if, if you're by yourself, it's so easy to excuse it away. But you have teammates that say, come on, let's go. We got this. Come with me. And some, sometimes that's your role to someone else. Come with me. We got this. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right? So, it, it, so that already, you, you know it's hard. It's going to be hard. If you've got to endure something, it's going to be hard. So he's saying, why make it harder? Remove the obstacles. Remove the obstacles. You know, and, and, and I'll give you that verse again. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So you have those two categories, right? The, the weight, by blanket, and the sin. And so what are those things? You know, sometimes, well, maybe the sin, they're the same category. I think they're related. But here's what I think the weight is. Right, because sin is a category of itself. Sin is always going to be sin, right? Gossip, no matter what, it's sin. Lying, there's no like, well, it's a good time to tell a lie. No, it's always sin, right? Lusting after someone who's not your, you know, you're not married to, that's a sin. It's just right, no matter what, that's a sin. Weight is sort of a category of itself where it isn't necessarily a sin until you make it a sin. You know what the, you know what I mean by that? So, so it's something that f- can be fine in of itself until it's a weight in our race. Right, of faith to God. So hobbies can be a weight. Hobbies are really good. To, to have a hobby is, is, I think, you know, we should have those things. Things that, that you do, that you enjoy to do. You know, you might, uh, 
fix up old houses or cars. You might play golf. You might knit. You might like sports or run or read or whatever hobbies that we might have. They're fine until what? Until they become hindrances. Until our passion and our identity and our excitement is way more into our hobbies than the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what you got to do then? you got to get rid of it. I know that seems, well, that seems radical. If you can't have a hobby and have Jesus be more important, you've got to get rid of the hobby. That's what he's saying. Get rid of it. I mean, otherwise, you're like, no, I can do this, right? And you're constantly being weighed down. You've got to get rid of it. Our careers can be like that. Someone's like, oh, preach, man. I want to get rid of my career for sure, right? It's probably not you I'm talking to, okay? It's careers when we, that, uh, you know, I believe wholeheartedly God wants you to rise up, be awesome, be a light for Christ in high places in your career. So it's not that. But if your identity is wrapped up in your career, like that's who you are. You're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a nurse, a teacher, and that's who you are, you got to get rid of it. <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. Get rid of my career? Maybe. Maybe you need to reset it, right, and say, all right, I can still do this, but it's not going to be my identity anymore. Or you might have to radically say, I'm done. I won't make as much money. Okay? Well, what, do you want to take the weight off or not? These are hard, this is a hard teaching for us. But it's so critical and important because you're in a race, and these things are weighing you down. Money can be another thing. I mentioned that. Money's not bad. We, money's a tool that we need and we use. But if it becomes everything, if I just have enough money, if I save enough money, if I make enough money, I, 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 all my problems will be cured. Man, you know that. You know how many lonely, angry, rich people there are in this world? You want to be one of those? Money's not going to do it. So if that's, I mean, if, if money's not an issue for you, that's great. But if it's because it's not necessarily sin, but if it's weighing you down, you've got to get rid of it. And that's like, wait a minute, did you just say I've got to get rid of my money? Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, become a monk or something. But become radically generous. Get rid of it. What did Jesus say to the rich young ruler? Sell everything and follow me. He didn't tell everyone that. He told him. Why? Because his money was a weight. He says, if you really want to go the course that I'm calling you to go, you got to push that out because your money is weighing you down so you can't run. There's all kinds of these things, right? They can be TV shows, movies, video games. There's nothing wrong necessarily with these things, depending on what they are, of course. I've done all of those things and, and enjoy those, and, um, but at times they can become a weight. If Marvel characters are Harry Potter, you know better than God's word. It's a weight and you need to get rid of it. And if you don't, it will continue to drag you down. I think COVID has caused, I don't know where I heard this phrase. I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I like it. It's called the COVID coma. Anyone feeling that? I mean, you were told for over a year to stay home, stay home, stay home. That, that does something to you. Like, it just does. You've developed new patterns, new habits. Some of those are good. You're like, you know what? I should spend time with my family. That's a good thing. So some of them are good. They become a weight when we're like, you know what? I don't really want to plug in. I'm just going to watch Netflix and work on my lawn. For the rest of your life, that's not God's purpose for you. Some of you are like, Jamie rode by, he saw me working on my lawn Friday. No, you got to work on your lawn. It's okay. I'm saying it, it can become this reclusive sort of, ugh, because we've been going through this for 15 months or more, right? And, and so all I'm saying is fight that. Don't let it control you. 
Plead with God to give you the energy to put. Maybe some things needed to be reset in your life. That's awesome. But it's a weight if it's hindering. If you're like, nah, I don't want to get in a home group. Nah, I don't want to serve in a ministry. Nah, I don't want to do that. I'm going to just stay home. That's a problem because God called you to something so much bigger than that. And it's a weight and you have to remove it. There's so many others, um, but the sin is it's much more straightforward, right? That's, that's uh, the, basically the, the things where we miss the mark. These are the things that we are, do that are in contrary to God's word. And I, I don't think we're talking about the things that you're struggling with, but you're confessing to God and you're keeping a short account. I think we're talking about sins that we think we can do and run our race of faith at the same time. I've been there, Right? Ah, we excuse it away, or I can do it. Look, like you can't um, follow uh, your the, the Lord and do what He wants you to do and have an emotional affair at work at the same time. Not, you're gonna you're gonna come crashing to the ground. You can't regularly read the Bible, come to church, say I'm gonna be all God has for me, and watch pornography all the time. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna grab you, and it's going to it's gonna cling so closely, and it's gonna trip you up. Right? You 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 can't say you know what? I just have to lie right now in my career. Once I get to that place, I promise God I will be honest and I'll have integrity. You're lying to yourself now. Right? It's, it's, it's going to just tear you to the ground, whatever that sin that we kind of just want to keep it as a pet sin. I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. We've, we all have gone through these. And so it's a beautiful thing to just say, the Hebrews writer just says, look to Jesus. And, you know, the, the famous 1600s theologian John Owen, he said something. He said, he said you be killing sin or it be killing you. Ever heard that? You be killing sin or it will be killing you. You can't have it both ways. So it's not saying, like, this isn't a shame thing. It's like, I want you to run, right? I want you to run. So, so, so repent of that. Get forgiveness in that. Jesus died for that sin, right? Get rid of it. Get the weights off and run. Focus. Endure. This is for every age, whether you're a student, whether you're on a college campus, whether you're in a retirement home, you're married, you're single, whatever your situation, every phase of life is going to need endurance in this race. And to get rid of the, it's already so hard naturally, why are we going to make it harder for ourselves? Put obstacles in our way and throw weights on our back. So, Jamie, how do we do that? And I think the way to close not just this message but this series is how he closed it in verse 2. Look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus. Remember what he said? Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so um, it's kind of our blindfold, except it's it's fixing. It's not fixing on some made-up version of Jesus. It's the glory of Jesus seated at the right hand of God in authority that he has opened this race up for you. And he says, look to me. Right? Not, don't look at all the people that tell you something different. You can't do it. Don't, don't look at the enemy who's, who's telling you you're not good enough, you screwed up, that God doesn't really want you. Jesus says, look at me. Look at me. You keep your eyes fixed right here. On me. I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that loves you. I'm the one that gave you new life. You look at me. Don't look at anywhere else. You're lonely, look at me. You're afraid, look at me. You're, 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 you're grieving, look at me. You're, just keep looking at me because I ran this race and I've opened it up for you. You got this by faith. 
And that's how I, my prayer for each and every one of us when we leave here today, it's like, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I got this by faith in Jesus. Keep looking and keep looking. Let's respond. If you, if you wouldn't mind, close your eyes. And as you're, I'm gonna invite our team up. Um, as your eyes are shut, I don't want you to look into nothingness. I want you to imagine Jesus. But I specifically want you to imagine Jesus at the right hand of God. And I know it's hard because we've never seen that. And the picture of that is just, so just try your best. What will that look like? And as you're doing that, maybe you're sitting here and saying, I'm not a Christian. I'm in that category, Jamie, that you mentioned earlier. I've I've never called on the name of the Lord to be saved. You're invited to do that right now. You don't have to go to church a certain amount of weeks or read a certain amount of Bible passages or work off your sin. Jesus paid it all in full. He's inviting you to relationship. You have to believe that he is your Savior and Lord. You're invited right now to get on the course and get in the race. Just say, Jesus, I just don't want to do it my way anymore. I trust you. You alone, save me. Save me, become my Savior and Lord. For those of us that are running the race already, what's the weight or weights that are in your life? You probably already know, but if not, ask God, God, what is hindering me from doing what you've called me to do? Whatever he brings to your mind, Visualize just laying it aside. This is hard to do. Because things that are weighing us down, they're, they're things that we like. They're things that we, we're all wrapped up in. What is it? Lord, I pray you give us the strength to know what it is and to give to you. To lay it aside. Lastly, I want you to visualize what's the sin. Not the things that you're, you're confessing and, and, and by God's grace not doing as much as you were. I'm talking about the things that you're just wholesale trying to run your race and let it be a part of your life. What needs to be killed today? There's no lectures in heaven. There's just well done, good and faithful servant. Would you long to hear those words? So while you're in this life, just ask the Lord to forgive you. I'm done with this. I want to be done with it. And then get help. Maybe you need accountability. Maybe you need help from one of us, someone in the church. Get help. We're in this together. Come into the light. Father, I pray that whatever point in this race each of us are at. Some are excited and running and praise you, God. I pray you prepare them for when it's not going so well. I pray you protect them from the evil one who's trying to ensnare them and trying to put things in their path. I pray you protect them. Lord, for those who are weary today, who are looking at other things or giving up, I pray you give the strength to endure that you would 
let them fix their eyes. You help them to fix their eyes. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We love you, Jesus. I pray we leave here today renewed and ready to go where you call us to go and endure. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing together.